Who's on second? Who's on first? What base do you want to talk about? I'm going to get in a lot of trouble here. You play to win the game. We're in here talking about practice. At home, they call me Big Al, and I hit dingers. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Come after me! They're comedians, they're sports fans, and all-around degenerates. It's the Who's On First podcast with your hosts, Matt Marin and Anthony Passaretti. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm Matt Marin here with Anthony Passaretti, and we have real sports, real live sports are back this week. I didn't think it was going to happen. I'll be honest. I, I, I'm, I mean, eating my, I'm eating yeah. crow this week. I, I said it wasn't going to happen, and it's still on the, you know, it's still, yeah. it's still iffy. It's but still, I, yeah, I, it's still, it's not happening for the Marlins. I will eat the words that I, I, I definitely said it's not going to happen many times. I will eat those words right now. Yeah. I, I, was I mean, the Marlins will probably do as well, whether the, as if they were playing when they aren't going to be playing. It, it's kind of insane. I mean, on, at this point, like the, all the details of that story are so insanely frustrating that they had like a small outbreak. They were like, player voted to keep going like where the hell is man rob manfred has done nothing but solidify himself as the dumbest person <laughs> in baseball to uh, me this rob week. manfred was on the mlb network or was it mb uh fox no he's on fox sports uh talking to alex rodriguez uh not uh a rod's not trying to be friendly to rob manfred for any specific reason outside of just being a friendly guy right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah a rod's not crying about way richer people buying the Mets, I'm sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> He's not uh, trying to... There would, there would be no uh, reason for him to kiss up to Rob Manfred. No, no, none at all. But it's so frustrating because, like, watching, like, there's there's zero cases in the NBA bubble. There's zero cases in the NHL bubble. And then they're like, fuck it, we'll just get on a bus and a plane every three days and fly all around the country. And look what happens. Within five days, it's all messed up. It, yeah, but also... But also, like, every other day there's a story about somebody leaving the NBA bubble to go get chicken wings or something. Like, Just the, Lou Williams. MLB's, <laughs> getting shit on, MLB's getting shit on right now because they're the one sport doing it. Within a week of the NBA NHL bubble, I mean, already there's stories. Those seasons just haven't started yet. I mean, we like, talked about will last... find People will find something to shit on. But this is especially egregious. Like, Florida is spike. Like, literally, Florida is, like, yes. a, a hotspot spike point. The only good news about it is the other teams aren't – it doesn't seem like it's spread. Half of their roster at this point has it, and the Phillies don't have one positive case, which is like the only good news yeah, out of all of this. But I think this is just humiliating for the sport right now. The fact that they tried to like, we're going to do it with no fans. We're going to travel around. I, it, it's ridiculous. Especially, I am especially angry because Didi has a liver problem that he very clearly talked about and the Marlins decided to play him anyway and if someone kills Didi I'm coming for it like I, I don't care Didi has Didi had a liver problem when he when he did he have him when he was with the Yankees also because CC Zabathi also had a liver problem I'm pre- I assume <laughs> well yeah no th- th- this was genetic not booze related <laughs> oh okay Didi has like a real liver disease and he's like immunocompromised and that's why he's wearing a mask all the time and uh yeah if someone kills Didi, I'm coming for them. If I don't, <laughs> I don't care if he's a Yankee or not. Didi is a national treasure and needs to be protected. Yeah. Didi, one of the only human beings on the planet that could take over after Derek Jeter at shortstop for the Yankees and not be universally hated. I'm, I literally, I, the first time the Phillies won a game, you know how he used to do those tweets where everybody had their own emoji and he's like, the offense was fired tonight, like everybody's firing on a, he did one of those for the Phillies and he had emojis for Phillies players and it felt like watching like an ex be happy with somebody else. I was like, oh my God, we used to do that. 
it was just, <laughs> it was just so sad to watch. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's been the first live sports in weeks, and uh, I mean, it's just I've been watching so much baseball for the last few days. I've enjoyed. There's so much to talk about, also like specifically with the games and how teams are doing. Also, I watched Kyle Hendricks, who looked like a modern day Greg Maddox in open on opening day. Kyle Hendricks with that. I mean, I, I'm not a I, I'm not a Cubs fan. I you're not a Cubs fan. I don't know too many Cubs fans in my day to day life. If I would, I feel like if I was a Cubs fan, he'd be what like my guy for right now. Like he started Game Seven of the World Series for them that they won. He throws yeah. a complete game shutout on opening day. Like he's he's got it. I don't know if they'll retire his number or anything, but if I'm a Cubs fan, like I'm a Kyle Hendricks fan for life. He's he's yeah. done all kinds of yeah. Cool Hendricks stuff. looked great. Um, uh, against the Brewers, who are kind of my, I think they'd be they be they become my favorite National League team out there. I love Christian Yelich. Josh Hader's great. Um, his old tweets just make me like him more. <laughs> <laughs> their role players aren't getting it done. Though. Their their new jerseys are interesting though. I, I like them. I think we were texting yeah. about like we both like them. But I've seen a lot of tweets that look like they're like they look like Cub Scout jerseys. And uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> they look yeah. like Cub Scout uniforms a little bit. That's fair. But if you look at old uniforms, like the 80s, I think, were – 70s and 80s were like peak uniforms. 70s when they first started doing colors in general. That's when you had like the Oakland A's, did like the bright yellow and green. So like by the 80s is when it really got creative with some of those. Like the, the Brewers 80s jerseys look like kind of a what you today if they came out to be like that looks like a little league team or an independent <laughs> team. Yeah, well, like I thought it. they were great then. If they look like Chico's Bill Bonds. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Bad News Bears references out here. Yeah, they look like uh, Billy Bob Thornton should be coaching them. <laughs> Walter Matthau type stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so we've both been watching a crap ton of games. I've been watching literally every minute of it that I can Yeah, um, for the most part. Last night, uh, well, it's been a couple days. It's, it's so hard now because usually like, we have the whole week to talk about like the two things that happened this week. And now we have like every single day there could have been something to talk about. I'm like all flustered. Yeah, um, yeah there's a lot of teams. The Oakland days have been an exciting team to watch. Um, the White yep. Sox. Uh, I just uh, I was watching the White Sox versus the Indians. Uh, was a fun game. And the White Sox because the White Sox have a ton of young talent. Mm-hmm. They haven't gotten off to the hottest start yet i would have kind of liked because lucas giolito who's supposed to be like their guy kind of yeah his first well, the start white Sox, the white the Sox best. this year remember a couple years ago when the braves had their first amazing year and it was like they arrived a year early like all their young talent kind of got there a year earlier than we expected that's where the white Sox are now so i don't expect them to like do really well this year um, but there was just the thing with the 60-game season was that all these young guys come together and get hot, and that could be a run in this year's season. Um, I don't expect the White House to do it, but watching all – and also Michael Kopech is like their star uh, AAA pitcher who's sitting out the season. So he's not even going to be here until next season. But the guys they have – because they spent the last several years trading away their top guys for young guys. Chris Sale was traded for Yoan Moncada years ago. Um, they've got Eloy Jimenez looked uh, looked really good last year. Um, yeah, Lucas Giolito, uh, Tim Anderson, Nick Anderson won the batting is title fast last as year. Hell. 
Luis Roberts in their starting lineup. It's just an exciting young team to watch. The Oakland A's have a little bit of that also. Well, the, the A's feel like they're there right now, though, because like the, the, yeah. the people that are like Matt Olson and Matt Chapman on either side of the infield, like that's some ridiculous power coming out of there. Yeah, you, you got uh, Lazard. Lazardo's their new pitcher called out. Ramon Laureano just like got big last. Uh, kind of came into his own last year for the first time, and uh, I just want to see him throw people out. The, Ramon the Laureano's A's, arm is so sexy. The A's and the Angels had a really good game in one of their series that ended with a walk-off grand slam. That was, but, I think, opening day or second day of the season. But, yeah, Matt Olson at the walk-off grand slam. Yep, and I was bummed it wasn't Matt Chapman for fantasy baseball reasons. He had just walked yes. a load of bases. <laughs> but uh, the, two, two things about that. That was the first moment that I felt like something was missing. Like the whole opening day that I was watching, like the first two games and then that whole day of games, I was like, this is great. This is real baseball. And then a walk-off grand slam at home on opening day to silence was such a like, ah, like I wanted this. They should have been going absolutely nuts. Like yeah. you beat your division rival with a walk-off grand slam on opening day at home and everybody's just sort of like, air high-fiving. That was the first time where I was like, ugh, yeah, something is kind of missing here. Although I will say, for the most part, when I've been watching it, I, like, forget that there's no fans for a second, and then something like that'll happen, and then I'll be reminded of it, which is still really good that I'm only every once in a while noticing instead of constantly being aware of there being no fans. I, no, I totally agree. I'm just saying, like, I'm... That's sort of we're sort of on the same page here. I'm just saying, like, I watched yeah. for hours, and it was the first time where I was reminded, like, ah, crap, like things aren't normal right now. Yeah. And then I also feel kind of snitches every once in a while because, like, there was there was a home run where somebody like went back into the dugout and then they hugged, and it was like, oh fuck, you're not supposed to do that. And I don't want to have that <laughs> attitude. Like, I don't. That's that's lame. <laughs> like, I don't want to yeah. be that guy. Yeah. But, uh, and then well, uh, the other, you weren't the person who like go on Twitter and tweet snitch it. Oh yeah, I'm like tagging the the, the A's and Angels organizations. <laughs> like, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah, I'm not going to do that. But yeah, and also yeah. I will say, as far as the Marlins, thank God it was the Marlins uh, because imagine if it was a good team, then it would yeah. have been like a much bigger deal. People are this thing is tricky though. Like I feel like we're going to be talking next week. Like oh, that was fun. Like we had baseball for a minute. Like I'm still so not ready yeah. to accept that everything's back. Just just the fact that yeah. like. Now the Yankees are playing the Orioles, <laughs> like instead of the Phillies. Like this shit is already different and getting audible. It hasn't even been a full week, and they yeah, already had to change. Fa- Fauci, I saw, came out and was like, he doesn't think we should ca- the MLB should cancel the season, but he thinks that they just need to be more vigilant as time goes on, and that makes sense. Yeah, sh- sure. Well, I mean, none of I, it, I none still of it think make, none of it makes. It's not that it makes sense. Just that none of this makes sense to me or you, I would assume. Even the stuff, uh, if you read everything that everyone's saying, you'll still be confused. So I just heard that and I was like, okay, if this guy's saying we can still have baseball, I don't feel guilty thinking, yes, we should have baseball. I It just blows my mind that they didn't, they, they're traveling. That's the part that kills me. It's like... Maybe they did the research and decided that if they did a bubble thing like basketball or hockey, uh, too many players would opt out. They couldn't do the season. 
But yeah, I, it just blows my mind that they're willing to travel from city to city every three days. It feels like the exact opposite. Like we're literally it, like let like if I start complaining too much and somebody's like, well, if you don't like America, leave it. I'm not damn allowed anymore. Like you're not allowed yeah. to leave the damn country. Like how are you traveling from state to state every three days? It just feels ridiculous. Well, I don't think Fauci would have thrown out the first pitch for Major League Baseball if he didn't endorse what they were doing. He barely threw. Threw is really generous. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was rough. Yeah, and, uh, not as rough as Donald Trump's uh, first pitch. The, uh, he immediately came out and said he was going to throw out the first pitch of the Yankee game, which uh, we now we uh, I think today it was I found out was a big surprise to the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, the New York Times ran an article today that said they like they never brought that like it was he just just decided like oh I'm going to throw out the first pitch for the Yankees. Yeah, and now and he, he hates Trump New York. Has decided. He decided to back out of it. That's the terminology. Like, can you imagine if I just told someone I wasn't going to go to their birthday party that they never invited me to? I don't know if I told you. I'm backing out of Just for Laughs this year. Yeah, I'm. Back- <laughs> yeah. Like, nobody. I, uh, I haven't written. I haven't ever written a screenplay in my life. But I just want to say I'm not going to. Uh, I'm, I'm refusing to participate in the Sundance Film Festival this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right now, I would love to tell Lauren Michaels no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's insane. That but honestly, that's what I thought had happened. I I had two theories when that first came out. Either they had never asked him in the first place and he had completely made it up, which had happened. But I also thought that it might have been some kind of publicity stunt like he was baiting them like he was he was going to He's like, I want to go do it and they're like, "Fine, you can go do it." And he only wanted to do it to leave when people knelt. Yeah. Well, also, he it just seems like there's like a like a pissing contest between him and Fauci because as soon as Fauci was announced at the perfect game, Trump had Mariano Rivera over to the White House to talk about the importance of kids going back to school, which literally just felt like a, oh, you're going to do a baseball thing? I can do a baseball thing too. That's such one of the biggest bummers of this year is is, <laughs> is, is how much Rivera is like on board with like going over there and being like his bud. I mean, he's a professional athlete for over 20 years who's rich and is really religious. How did you – that's – every time someone comes out and uh, publicly with a thing that people don't like, it's like, what did you think they thought? I, honestly, I thought he would have liked poor people considering where he came from. No one hates poor people more than people who are rich now but used to be poor. I I, I guess so. I don't, I don't, I don't know about – I, I guess so, but I just figure. I don't know. I feel like it's. I'm just bummed out by it. It's like ugh. you know, who, you know who cares the most about poor people? Upper middle class white girls who never had to live with them. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I guess so. I mean, sure, sure enough, it's just it's just a bummer because it's like yeah. I don't understand. Like, okay, cool. Like you're friends with the president for now i guess like his, his i don't see his legacy lasting super great like it's just it's gonna be one of the personally i just with, with those kind of things whether i really really care or not i don't particularly like catching shit from people for stuff that i'm not very invested in so like that's why i would be like yeah I, I well don't... that's just i mean us being in like the comedy world like quote unquote the art world and being sports fans at all we're gonna catch shit just because 
sport, there are, sports is, uh, not completely apolitical, but for a large part of it is apolitical. There are people who are Republican, Democrat on every sports team and everywhere. So the fact that you like a thing that is not fully on someone's side will make them say, fuck you, because you're now not fully on my side. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, a, it's just, as time goes on, it's, it really sucks for me to watch what's like, Jeter and Rivera, like, at growing up felt like superheroes. Like, they felt like Iron Man and Captain America, like, type yeah. stuff. And just watching them be human is annoying as fuck to me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, just be superhuman. Jeter fucks up owning the Marlins ever, left and right. <laughs> well, that's, that's an interesting thing when uh, people are now talking about uh, to make baseball more popular, let the athletes, like, be themselves and talk more, like, do more interviews, like, have them on social media more, doing podcasts more. Because that's, like, the world we're in today is, uh, in 2020, people would not love the emotionless star the way they did in, like, the 60s and 50s. There so, isn't there's an incredible movie. If people listening haven't seen it, it's called Hits. David Cross, the comedian from Arrested Development and Stand Up and stuff, wrote and directed it. And it's about a guy in a small town who just wants a pothole fixed and the city council keeps ignoring him. And then he gets all this Twitter following and all these people are like, oh, let this small guy speak, like all this stuff. And then at the end, when they finally let him talk, he calls Obama the N-word in front of like three million people. And all these people that like had been championing him look like idiots. And that's yeah. how that's Jesus. sort of how I feel right now. It's a great movie if people haven't seen that's it. Really I, didn't, I didn't even give away too much. Yeah. Like, it, but, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, just that a lot of times if um, – if you only see someone play their sport and never hear them about talk about anything else, you can fill in the blanks and you just all all the blanks you fill in are good. In oh your yeah, head. that's exactly what I'm saying. It's just, it's just I'm not I'm not like like crying about it every day, but it's just disappointing to be like ah crap, like stop stop being like. I, I really enjoyed how it was before. I don't know it, the, the whole thing. Um, but that's also – that's why like sports like bas- – uh, I, I think that a part of the reason sports like basketball and football have surpassed baseball culturally is because LeBron James is more culturally relevant because he has his own show. He talks about stuff. He reveals himself to be imperfect in a lot of ways. And uh, so, yeah, as far as um, when people – that's the other thing. When people talk about what can baseball – there's always the talk of – baseball being more exciting more culturally relevant and i really like baseball so i'm not even necessarily like rooting for big changes now speaking of big changes i am not a fan of any of the <laughs> we were texting about this you see i don't think we're on the same page exactly about this i hate the way baseball changed their rules you don't year. like the extra innings i hate the extra innings and i hate the new playoff format the, the, honestly, this year feels like fuck it. You should have just done a little league tournament. Everybody starts on the same thing, uh, three three game series, sync like elimination style. Make it bracketed. It the yeah. the seating would have been based on how you finished last year. Like if we're gonna have this fake ass weird little league summer travel extra innings rule season, we might as well just fucking had a little league tournament. Like what what are we doing here? I that's the thing is uh, I can't like full-throated defend them because I don't love either of the things you hate, but I don't hate them either. And I'm okay with it, and I'm enjoying the excitement of it. And I'm happy to have that, it back. Yeah. I'm watching it. It's not like I'm sitting here like I'm going to fucking boycott it. It's just yeah. – it, it doesn't feel like baseball to me. 
Um, I think it's still it's. Uh, I think it makes sense that have sixteen teams in the playoffs um, because the choose you may your have opponent team... thing though. Huh? The the choose your opponent. Everybody gets in the playoffs thing though. That's it's like what are we even playing the regular season for? Like we all know the fucking Marlins, Tigers. Like the the teams that aren't going to be there aren't going to be there. Like the, the the this whole season feels like it's only for people like the fucking Mets. Like anyone who might have come in third place in their division, like they're the only ones. No, I really... think it's I think it's also for a team like the Dodgers who would make the playoffs, who maybe get off to a slower start and are in second place, would be in second or third place after May. Now it's like okay, you started off kind of slow, but you still get into the playoffs. I think it's but, more to like avoid the complete upsets that could happen. Well, like the Nationals wouldn't have been in the playoffs last year if but not that's the a- only... after sixty games. That's the only advantage of a 60-game season, though, is having potential crazy upsets. If you just fixed it to make sure that the teams you can market in the playoffs are to be there, what's the fucking point of even playing the regular season? Just put the popular teams in a fucking tournament at that point. Like, Well, they still they still could lose in the playoffs. Sure, but it's, and I, they could lose in that tournament, too. I'm just, like, it feels like there's no point in playing this when that many... like It's very obvious who the good teams are. And then who the shitty teams are. And over 60 games, I don't see that much changing. So, like, maybe one, two teams get switched around in this. Like, it's going to be the but Dodgers, yeah, I think Astros. Doing it, I think doing it this way provides, like, a more closer to what a regular, full regular season would be like, where most likely the good teams are going to get through, but there can be upsets as opposed to just 60 games where crazy wild upsets could happen. And then we would look back and say, this season happened where this team made the playoffs, but they really wouldn't have in a regular season. Now we'll look at the whole season as like, and that there's obviously something that happened here, but instead the teams that make it will still probably be the best teams. I think it's I I think it's more this makes it feel less like a regular season because there can well, be, I don't think I don't think I don't think it would have felt like a regular season either way. I I agree with that, but like I I still think whatever uh, like now whatever team wins this like you, the people are going to be able to go back and like just just pick apart whatever the hell their path to it was. Well, I mean because that was going to happen regardless. They're not even going to play the same amount of games this year. Now they officially said that they're not going to make them remake games, and playoffs are going to be about winning percentage. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> so, so a team that wins thirty out of their forty nine games might do better than someone who wins 35 out of their 60. It's like, yeah, I mean, no matter, even NHL and NBA, no matter what happens, this year is going to be seen as something very different than a normal year. Yeah, it, it's a total, I just, I don't know. I, I would have rather them in unless, this. Unless the Yankees win the World Series, then it's completely like any other year, and the Yankees would have won no matter what. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I've... I'm literally wearing a Yankee jersey right now, and I'll still call it the COVID Cup instead of a World Series. Uh, nope, I'll only do it if it's not the Yankees. <laughs> I, 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 I'm so, this is the first time in my entire life I'm so glad the Nets suck, so I don't even have to fucking worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> oh, no, I do not care. If the Islanders win the Stanley Cup this year, I am 100% counting that. Yeah, the Islanders win the the first time they win a cup in my lifetime. They were great before I was born, but I've never seen them win a Stanley Cup. If I got to watch the Islanders win a Stanley Cup, I don't give a shit when it happens. I think I think I think these are the two kinds of fans right here. I I don't think anybody's wrong. 
in this situation, <laughs> but those are definitely the two kinds of fans in in this situation. And I think it's I only feel that way about the Yankees. Like if the Nets were to somehow go on a run, fuck yeah, I'm going to talk about how the Nets won an NBA championship forever. Like yeah. I'm right I'm right there with you, but I don't feel yeah. that way about the Yankees because like I want them to win the COVID Cup, but calling like I feel like it would mean they won 27 and a half World Series. Like in in the, <laughs> I mean I'm I still would be okay with it, but I get feeling it less for the Yankees than the Nets or the Islanders because the Yankees have won multiple times in our lifetime. Yeah, that's but you've exactly never what seen I'm saying. yeah you've never seen the Nets win a championship. If you're a Mets fan this year or a, a, any fan of a team that doesn't win often, a Phillies fan, yeah, it's if you win the World Series this year, you're counting it. Yeah, I was sitting on the beach like an hour ago looking at a bunch of uh, Phillies flags and stuff, and I was trying to remember so hard who they beat in the 08 World Series, and I had to look it up, and it was the Rays. Uh, Tampa Bay, yeah. But but I was so bummed out in myself that I couldn't remember. Like, I must have mentally blocked that out that the Rays were good that year. I was like, I don't even need to yeah, fucking acknowledge The Phillies this. don't get – historically, they don't get as much shit as they deserve. They've won two World Series in over 100 years. They have the most losses of any baseball team in MLB history. They're one of the saddest franchises in all of sports that doesn't get called a sad franchise. They got a dope mascot. He he's the OG mascot. He's they he, got a dope he, mascot. <laughs> um, and I mean, I like I like the Phillies also, but I'm just saying, like when people list like the Browns, the Jets, and all these, it's the Phillies have just won in the last 10, 15 years or so. But they won in 1980, which was their first World Series win ever. They've been around for over 80 years at that point and hadn't won. And then the next time they win is 2008. For a lot of our lives, they've been a fairly good team. Um, but historically, they're one of the – that's – yeah, I think the Phillies may be the worst franchise that doesn't get called a bad franchise. You know what I've been thinking about a lot this week? You know how Mike Tyson's coming back? Yeah. Mike Tyson is. Oh gonna yeah, yeah. Fight. We can actually talk about something non-baseball because yeah, Mike Tyson is fighting Roy Jones Jr. Well, I'm, I'm going to kind of bring it back to baseball a little bit. There's Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. And then the undercard is Logan or uh, Jake Paul and Nate Robinson. Yeah. I want under under them. I want Philly fanatic versus gritty. <laughs> Philly fanatic versus gritty. Oh, we should have put that one. Uh, few weeks ago back go back into the who's on first archives you can hear we made an mlb ufc card we didn't do mascots though but gritty versus philly fanatic would be a good one in the octagon i would pay the full pay-per-view price for sure I, uh during quarantine i was playing some of a nhl 20 the uh, hockey video game and you can play as the mascots in the game in like three on threes and one on ones, and if you play as a ma- like when you play as gritty, when you check someone, you knock the <laughs> fuck out of them. <laughs> mascot mode is awesome. The, the old NCAA football games used to have that too, where you could play as all yeah, the mascots. But that's a little. That's like mascot versus mascot. This you're like playing against full team. I'm like playing as a mascot, and I'm obliterating Sidney Crosby. It's, oh, not it's like a creative player type deal. It's not like everybody is gritty and everybody is something else. No. Nope. Oh, that's hilarious. I was playing as Victor E. Green as the Dallas Stars mascot, who's one of the thickest mascots out there. Thick with two C's, (laughs) T-H-I-C-C. And when you play as him and you – oh, man, I abused Sidney Crosby with Victor E. Green. That's amazing. Uh, Fucking – mascots are – 
I, I'm all about mascot mode. That, that yeah. almost makes me want to buy the football, the uh, hockey game rather. Because in the old yeah. football one, my favorite mascot to always play as was Stanford because the mascot is a pine tree and has no hands. So when you're an entire team of pine trees, the ball just sort of launches into the tree. You drop back, the ball just launches out of the tree and into another tree. Wow. <laughs> and that's sort of that's how you play. Strange, it's, yeah. it's hilarious. I fucking, that's I'm very all, strange. I'm all I about say, it. I like playing, when I've been playing, uh, there's like a kind of a shootout. It's uh, called uh, ones mode. It's uh, basically puck is dropped in the middle. It's just half of the, uh, uh, half of the ice. So you're only playing uh, from the offensive zone, from half court forward. Um, and uh, half court. I'm just talking in basketball talk. Um, <laughs> Everybody got ice you. Forward, <laughs> People ice are following forward. you. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> and uh, you're three different players. You control one and two other guys, and you're all just trying to fight for the puck and score against the goalie. And so I'll play as, like, Alexander Ovechkin or something um, because the thing is with the mascots, they're not necessarily great. They don't have a lot of great speed, and they're not all great shooters. But if you play against Gritty, Gritty dives on the ground all the time to try and block you. So all you have to do is act like you're going one way. He'll dive, and then you just get go around him. So Gritty is very easy to play against also. Over-aggressive. Over-aggressive Gritty. That's very yeah. in line with Philadelphia. I love it. Yes. <laughs> well, the Philadelphia Flyers were uh, starting to heat up coming into uh, the uh, – not the playoffs. Well, now it's going to be the playoffs. But as the season was winding down, they were getting hot. And they are a team that some people are picking as a potential upset special in uh, the uh, COVID Cup, the Stanley Cup playoffs. I, I don't know. We just had a tiny little bit of lag, so it sounded like you said that they were hot. hot, hot. <laughs> 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 that, was, just, that was hilarious to me. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, um, I'm very excited for that to come back. I'm going to watch hockey a bunch. And um, you're you're not going to like I, – I, I don't know. I kind of want to pick an Eastern Conference hockey team, and I don't know who it's going to be. I, an, Eastern I, conf- an Eastern Conference team? Yeah, because I like, I like the Vegas Golden Knights, but it's hard for me to follow a team that I like. I don't know anybody else who's a fan of it, and I can't talk to literally anybody about the Knights. Like I, I know a lot of hockey and fans. I, know, I don't and you know. Have who's... a friend who's a Rangers fan, and you're gonna piss me off with this. <laughs> and I have a friend who's an Islanders fan. I, okay, there you go. I don't know who I'm choosing yet, but I'm I'm in the zone where I'm like a free agent of fandom in the Eastern Conference of Hockey, and I don't know where I'm going to lie yet, but I really want to kind of pick a local team because it's been, it's been long enough. I'm a big enough sports fan. I kind of need a local team. Okay, the only reason I'm leaning local, a little bit you... little bit towards Rangers is because I have family members who have Rangers season tickets, so I kind of... <laughs> yeah, well, that's... Okay, so that's the problem is that Rangers fans, if you go to Rangers games, it's all people with season tickets through businesses or something. I don't know anyone with Islanders season tickets. I know a lot of people who are Islanders fans. If they have season tickets because they buy them because they like the team, not through a business or through a job. This go to is an my- Islanders game, it's diehard Islanders fans. They go to a Rangers game, most of them don't know half the team. This isn't corporate. My mom's family is pretty big. And uh, one of her, like, sets of cousins, like, the four of them split tickets between the four of them because they're all lawyers and huge Ranger fans. And okay. that's how I've gone to every Rangers game I've ever gone to is one of the four of them has extra tickets and they're like, hey, you're in Manhattan, right? Do you want to go to a Rangers game tonight? And I'm like, hey, okay, I, so it's 
right. All right. I get it. It's not corporate people. It's lawyers. Much better. <laughs> it's it's under the Malloy name. Malloy is my mother's maiden name. It's not. That's okay. Not, <laughs> it's uh yeah, but uh that's the only that's the main reason I've been leaning that way. But I'm one hundred percent a free agent. It's not going to be the Devils. I know that for sure. Yes. Um. <laughs> I will say the Islanders right now. Um, well, the Islanders are better than the Rangers, but they're not. They don't particularly play an exciting style of hockey right now because uh, their coach, uh, the new coach, took over Barry Trotz, kind of made them more of a defensive-minded team. So they would win a lot of one nothing or two to one games, which is not necessarily the most exciting to watch. But the Rangers are only in the playoffs because they expanded it. <laughs> yep, absolutely. No, that's what I'm saying. Is like I, I haven't made my, I haven't made my, uh, the, the me and you went to an Islanders game literally like a week and a half before everything went to hell. And uh, that was the most exciting hockey game I've ever been to, but it had nothing to do with hockey. It was because we were wondering (laughs) if that guy was alive or not. (laughs) It was because Johnny Boychuk almost lost his eye. And now that he's totally fine, I like, am, am, it's, a, it's a fun memory to be like, oh shit, that was really scary. And now he's like, he didn't, it's not like he's like half blind or anything. Like he, it ended up yeah. being okay, but that was fucking terrifying to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm curious how uh, the playoff hockey will be just because playoff hockey generally, I think is the most exciting thing in all of sports. Um, it's fantastic. I, but before I even cared about how I would tune in for the playoffs and I didn't yeah. have a rooting interest and I would watch every game. It, it was, it was fantastic. The people are going yeah. crazy. They're going so hard. I am wondering how it'll be once, uh, like in this year, if it'll still be just as intense. Um, but you know, here's an interesting thing, how you're like thinking about being local teams in hockey because it's more Canada centric. Like the Rangers are an original six team. So of the, um, kind of metropolitan area, they're the one with like, quote unquote, the most prestige, even though they haven't earned any of it <laughs> <laughs> just because they've been around for the longest time. I got gotcha. um, <laughs> But the Toronto Maple Leafs are, and the, are like the Yankees of hockey. Uh, as far as, okay. like, main media attention and when you get traded to this team, it's a big deal. How are they going to do in this market with all this pressure? That doesn't really happen when you go to the Rangers. I mean, comparatively, you'll get more media attention on you if you're playing with the Rangers than with the San Jose Sharks. But as the a Toronto casual Maple hockey Leafs fan? Are, huh? As a casual hockey fan right now, if you were to ask me, like, name a goalie in the NHL, it's Lundqvist, and I don't know yeah. that I can well, name another Lundqvist, one. Lundqvist has probably been around the longest of any goalie on any team right now. He's one of the he's one of the only guys who's been uh, performing at a very high level for over ten years. Mm. But but I'm just saying, like as a casual fan, he's the one that I could name by like. Right off the top of my head, I don't have to think about it. Like, I know he's a goalie in the NHL. Yeah, but if you were to name a player in the NHL, you'd probably go Alexander Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby. Yep, that is that is also true. Is, does Marc-Andre Fleury play, or did I just name somebody who's like 60 years old? No, Marc-Andre <laughs> Fleury is now – he was with the Penguins and uh, was getting was, kind of – he was with the Penguins, won a, a Stanley Cup there. I think it was – they won back-to-back. I think it was their second one where they benched him for their backup, and Marc-Andre Fleury was seen as – a goalie who was great but was older now. He won the uh, – so the Penguins won the Stanley Cup back in like 2009, 
I think it was 09 or 08, one of those. Then they went back-to-back years later. Andre Fleury was there for the first one and then one of the second two. Who was the guy um, that was in the Olympics? And Ryan something, he was the Kings. He shut down everybody in that one finals where the Kings won in like the early or the late 2000s. Uh, when the Kings were in the Or maybe Cup it was, was the John- Sabres. But the Jonathan Kings, Quick, the, yeah, that was him. Jonathan Quick was the one on the Kings, yeah. Who was the one from the Sabres that was the Olympic goalie? Um, who did really well in the playoffs. The Sabres haven't been to a Stanley Cup. Um, the I know, Sabres but, goalies, but, but the Sabres they, goalie was super good in one of the Olympics, I think. And I can't remember goal, his name Was he right an now. American goalie? And a yeah, Robin he, was, he was the goalie for the American team in, like I think, the 2008 or 2012 um, or, I would know uh, no, the 2010 or it. Ten, 10 or oh shit. Now I'm all, now I'm all mixed up. I've been living in Margaritaville for like four fucking yeah. days. <laughs> <laughs> no, no real context on life. The, going back way far. Um, if anybody's been paying attention this far, they'll be very happy for this callback. The second thing I thought about that A's angels game, that was yeah. hilarious. I was following their team subreddits through that game and it's so funny to me how defeatist Angels and A's fans are. They were arguing about who was going to lose the game. They were <laughs> like, we're going we're gonna to blow this. And they're like, no, you don't understand. We're the A's. We're going to blow this. And they're like, but we're the Angels. We're absolutely going to blow this. <laughs> like They just kept trading who's going to blow it the whole entire time. It was so funny to watch. I've, the Angels um, suck. I'm, I'm, I'm look, sorry I'm if anybody... I'm looking Buffalo Sabres goalies. The only one I... The first one I thought of that was Martin Biron, but he's Canadian, not American. I could be completely off on this. I mean, I, I, I'm i not claiming to be an expert on hockey for a single second, but I sort of remember the Sabres having a goalie that was, like, very good at one point. But I also um, Well, they had it. Robin Leonard, who got was pretty good with them, then had, like, issues, uh, substance abuse issues, was released, then signed with the Islanders... And won the Vezina Trophy for best goalie in the league with the Islanders and won comeback player of the year also. But he's he, Swedish, so it wouldn't have been the U, uh, on the U.S. men's hockey team. You bring up an interesting point there, too. I would love to know. Nobody will ever – it will never come out. I would love to know how many – how much weed's being smoked in the NBA Ryan Mi- <laughs> Ryan Miller. That's who you're thinking of? That is who I'm thinking of. But I also – I want to know how yeah. much weed is being smoked in the NBA bubble because I bet it's a fucking hilarious amount. You, yeah, you I'm, sorry I, I'm sorry I cut you off to uh, bring out that point. But as soon as I saw the name Ryan Miller and I was looking up, I was like, oh, of course. You're right. That's 100% yeah. who I was thinking of. But I also yeah. – because J.R. Smith and like all – just you can't lock these guys in a fucking bubble and tell them that they can't go to strip clubs and expect them not to just fucking smoke out these Yeah, Disney it's been World like the running room. joke is like, well, they left the bubble to go to Magic City, right? That was Lou – not only did he leave the bubble to go to – Lou Williams made a – Interesting choice. He gets out of the bubble to go to Magic City to hang out with Jack Harlow. Are you familiar with Jack Harlow? Jack Harlow? I'm a, um, I'm a fan of Jack Harlow, but it's because I like white rap. Uh, he's a white rapper who, out of okay. Nashville who is blowing up right now, and he went to the strip club with Jack Harlow, which is like I'm sure all the people are going to go back in the bubble and be like, look at you with your corny-ass – White yeah. boy rapper with chicken wings. <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's a pretty bold move. Chicken wings and white rappers. <laughs> well, 
What better reason than to leave the NBA bubble, your bubble, to if you're gonna potentially get coronavirus, do it for chicken wings and white wrappers and strippers. <laughs> Did you see Kendrick Perkins talk about it? Um, I saw Kendrick Perkins say something, and then I think it was Lou Williams who like went back at him on Twitter and was like, yep. uh, "Don't you say this stuff? Then laugh it off. And next time you see me say it's just the media, like saying basically calling him out for being now a fake media person." Oh yeah, absolutely. Being a fake friend, like showing, uh, and we—I we, mean, <laughs> we both know all about that. Pe- people who talk wild shit, and then the second you see them, they're like all smiles and handshakes and shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, Twitter comedians. Any of you out there, if you're a big fan of a comedian on Twitter who's really woke and uh, calling out other comics and talking about how other comedians shouldn't make jokes about certain things, just know they've probably been in a group chat with me and said things that you would hate them for saying. Bro, fucking Judy Gold put out a book today being like, I can say that. Meanwhile, six months ago, she's writing to CNN about Shane. Yeah. <laughs> it's... it's the the that part of it is insane, and I really respect Lou Williams for being like, "Shut the fuck up!" Like, come on, yeah. like let's I don't, let's I don't keep the same tell, energy on yeah. all platforms. I say I don't want to tell Shane's stories, but if you listen to him, he's told some of these stories on podcasts about some of the people who called him out and then see him in person and what they say to him. It's wild. <laughs> How people are so different between what they'll say. And then, yeah, Kendrick Perkins saying this stuff and then going to them and saying it's just TV. It's like if I was going on TV and I was going to comment on comedy of some sort and I was going to talk about other people in comedy, I would only say things that I felt comfortable saying to their face. They're going to see it. I'm on TV. It's not secret. I don't That's- even I don't even do that behind people's – I don't – talk shit behind people's backs. If I make fun of people behind their back, it's ways that I would make fun of them to their face also. That is let, a let great... Let alone way, on TV. That's a great way to go about life. That's just a good philosophy. You never say anything that you wouldn't say to that person. Yeah. But also, the biggest thing I've learned in, fuck, I guess three and a half, four years of like being ingrained in the comedy world is never say, never assume that something you say won't get said to who you said it about. Ever. Yes. Yeah. Whether, whether it's like you think you're like venting to somebody, whether you're just trying to like get shit off your chest, whether you're like having a bad day, whether, like that's the thing I've learned is to like really watch your tongue because even if you don't mean it, even if you're just like you're giving somebody the opportunity to be like, oh shit, like th- this person is like doing this, 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 and this. Like every time yeah. I've ever tried to talk shit about anybody, it's come back and beat me in the ass. And now I just don't Not do even it anymore. Shit, if you just say something that you don't mean negatively, but someone takes it as negatively, they'll go yes. and tell that person. If you post a tweet that somebody thinks is about someone else, they'll go and tell them that you were shit talking them. And it's like, why, why would anyone do that? Yep. It's like that says you're so vain. You probably think this song is about you. It's that. Yeah. Yeah. That that's the comedy world is 100% that. So I've not I've just, like, but yeah, that's the thing, at least with this NBA stuff with Kendra Perkins, he's literally saying it about them. So it's not as like, well, cause comedian, comedians and athletes, the, they're, both just as petty and shitty. It's just that uh, comedians are extremely afraid of confrontation and would never fight someone. Oh like, my God. Athletes <laughs> will say I, what they're going to say because worse comes to worse, we fight and they've been there before. Yeah, and I think as far as comedians, I think wouldn't and couldn't is a nice like slash. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs>
<laughs> but also my favorite part about that Kendrick Perkins story is uh, that he admitted that the wings at Magic City are fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, look, I've been there. They're fucking fire. I don't know if yeah. I would have taken the risk. So we're supposed to pretend that a black guy liking strip strip club chicken wings is a surprise <laughs> here? Like, <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I don't know. That was the big reveal here. Fair, 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 fair. <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking hilarious. Oh man, we're um, all over the yeah, place this week, but I'm happy. I'm happy that we're all over the place this week because that means we actually have a ton of shit to talk about. So yeah, hey. I was gonna. Yeah, you. Uh, we didn't get to it, but uh, you all. We. Uh, the other thing, the other rule you hate, the uh, man starting on second base and extra innings mm. of the baseball. Games. I'd rather them start on first. I understand the idea of trying to keep them away from each other as much as, but like, it, the, I, I was talking to my dad about this, and he was saying something about studies show that if you do this, like, 80% of the games will end in the 10th inning, and 95% of them will end in the 11th inning. But it's like, I, it just feels cheap. It's like, put them on first base. At least give them the opportunity to ground into a double play and fuck up the advantage. Um, like, Remember, in college football, you start at the opponent's 25-yard line going back and forth for overtime, and it's more exciting than NFL's overtime. I understand that. And remember the other thing I said, though? Like, I feel like I might also be kind of like one of the archaic people that's like, shootouts ruined hockey. It's like, maybe yeah. it's just because it's brand new. Maybe if I would like, if this was always the way it'd been, I wouldn't give a fuck because that's how I feel about college football. I don't remember the overtime rules before that. Like, by the time I was paying attention to college football, that was the overtime rule. Yeah. So I don't have so, any sort yeah. of. That's true. Other... And, uh, it is weird when things change so dramatically like that. Like the idea that um, now the whole um, college football playoff, like I remember when it was just the BCS National Championship game, or even before that, uh, when I was, re- it was, this is when I was really young, um, so I don't remember it as much, but there was a time where there was no championship game. There was just the people who wrote for college football voted on which team they thought was the champion at the end of the year, and that's how a championship was determined. <laughs> Which, like, hearing it now, that sounds insane. Like, that's yeah. the craziest way well, to that, decide that's it. the thing is that everyone complained about the BCS and uh, the old college football championship system that they had. Um, there wasn't as much of an outcry about the MLB extra innings as there was about that. So, although it is interesting, it's, uh, you know, I feel like if this happens and it works within 10, 15 years, you won't be as upset about it. But what's really interesting, yeah, is when something like this changes in sports and people are upset about it and 20, 30 years go by and there's so many other things that have now come along, but you've got one person who's, like, still mad that there's a DH in the American League. Like, <laughs> bro, I, literally, I'm so, I'm so glad you said DH because, like, in my head, I'm like, like, I'm, now I'm wondering, like, if I'm if I was 50 years old, would I hate the DH? <laughs> like, there are people who uh, still. Uh, I have friends who were born after the designated hitter rule that wish th- that there was no designated hitter. This is going to be very specific to. I, d- I don't know who's listening. This this will go to. But if you play the Major League Baseball video game MLB The Show, it defaults to pitchers hit. There's no yes. way to have a DH. And I wish at least they would have gone to like if you're in an American League park, you DH. If you're not, you don't. Yeah. Like it's so I weird that they default why to they pitchers did hitting. That. 
make the game harder. I don't know, but like, it, it, as as an American League fan, it, it like took some adjusting to be like, oh right, the pitcher always hits, and you always have to make these managerial decisions. And then doing that makes me be like, oh, I guess this does make the game a little more complicated when you have yeah, to like, it do, well, it does deal make with the people who suck also, at this job. You're gonna <laughs> the game gives you like these special rewards. Here's a David Ortiz card. Ha ha! You have to make him play first base now. What's the point? Like. Yes, exactly. Somebody with zero fielding stats has absolutely no value in that game. People have been clamoring for a Barry Bonds card for five years. Barry Bonds yeah. won't give his his name rights to the show. He refuses. Yeah. They, they won't never, give him enough money. Yeah, he's never done that as long as I've played baseball games. Except So Ken Griffey Jr.'s baseball on Nintendo 64, you were able to play as – Oh, were you? I actually don't remember now. I think you were, but maybe not. I remember MVP Baseball on PlayStation. The name was John Dowd. It was always – there was a player who – it was Barry Bonds, but it was a white guy named John Dowd. But it was the Giants left fielder <laughs> with changed- amazing power stats. <laughs> they Why did they change his skin color? That feels very specific. I don't know. Maybe – maybe uh, I don't know. To make – be like, no, 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 the, the black guy is the one who does steroids. This white guy in the Giants is actually pure. <laughs> That's such a specific choice to make. That's so It's not like funny. the old college football game was wild the way they did it because they wouldn't pay any of the athletes. They couldn't use any of their names. So it would just be like you're playing as University of Texas and your quarterback's name is quarterback number 10. Six foot five, 240 pounds, runs, throws, everything, mechanics exactly like Vince Young, but his name is quarterback number 10. Yeah, it's like super weird that the Florida Gators quarterback is really fast. It's like... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm with you there, a hundred percent. But funny. yeah, so the um, but yeah, the I don't mind the runner on second starting it off. It both teams get it, so it's the same advantage. And uh, yeah, I saw like Mike Clevenger had a tweet where I mean, obviously, I'll default to any pro athlete who has an opinion on their sport before me and you just saying it. Um, I'm not going to tell Clevenger, fuck you, you're wrong or anything. <laughs> um, I'll only say that about his tattoos. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, that um, sunshine one is rough, but I, 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 I'm into that. Yeah. That, no, that, he, video, um, that video of him trashing the Astros while getting a tattoo is legendary. <laughs> yes, that is so bad. He's just there getting a tattoo. Is like, fuck the Astros. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> So good. <laughs> yeah. But I was – I like – he uh, came up with a tweet that was like, you know how hard it is to actually get a runner on second? It's cheap to just give it to them, um, which I think a lot of pitchers will feel um, just because now a pitcher's got to start in a horrible – in a rough situation. Um, but the thing is like that type of thing does exist in other sports. Um, and it's – the transition is always going to have people against it. Um, and who knows, in two or three years, they may decide that's not the way to go and it'll go back. The In the 1960s, the whole thing when you hear about they lowered the pitcher's mound after Bob Gibson and Denny McClain's amazing pitching year, the year mm. of the pitcher, four uh, pitchers with below a two ERA, and they lowered the pitcher's mound. Uh, what they don't say is they only raised the pitcher's mound six years earlier. Mm. I didn't know that. Rod- that's, I, yeah, I, it was I after Roger that. Maris hit 61 home runs, and they were like... That couldn't have happened if there was actual good pitching. Someone breaking Babe Ruth's record. Someone who's not even a amazing player like a Babe Ruth that was just Roger Maris. 
there was like a couple other players who had really breakout years. So they were like, we need to do something to curb the offense. They raised the pitcher's mound and uh, like uh, made the strike zone smaller. And that that's when Sandy Koufax, Sandy Koufax's peak four or five years were all during that time. There's no asterisk next to his name. When people talk about the, the asterisk game in, like, history, that can go on forever. Um, that never really gets talked about. But, yeah, the pitcher's mound was Ugh. just raised and then lowered over a five-year period. They tried something. They didn't like it. It didn't work. And then they still didn't think there was enough offense, so they made the DH rule a couple years later. And then juice the balls 20 years later. Uh, that's so yeah. interesting. I, I, never, then, yeah. I never knew that. That's really interesting. And then they just decide – like, if you look back to, like, 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s pitchers' stats, third and fourth rotation starters had ERAs below three. That's that's nuts. My, my stupid fantasy team abs- – I had such a good pitching debut, and then uh, Mike – I don't even know how you say it. Fultikanowitz? Who, who, uh, I know who you're talking about, on the Braves. Yeah. This motherfucker uh, had – I feel bad for him in real life, but he fucked me over so hard because he gave up like eight runs and got like two outs over the course of his one start. And he's also the guy that started against the Cardinals when they scored nine runs in one inning. And he just got DFA'd. Two bad starts in a row. Fuck up Mm. the playoffs, fuck up your first start, DFA. And I had to drop him. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I like the Braves uh, pitching staff. Um He's Who's their not, other ones? Yeah. Soroka is Soroka is, is great. awesome. Yeah, he, yeah, Soroka's great. Sean Newcomb, I like. I had him uh, last year, the year before, in fantasy, and he did well for me. My my uh, my girlfriend's from Atlanta, so I've been following. <laughs> like she she, what's been really hilarious about baseball coming back is my girlfriend did not realize how much she liked not having sports around. Like she got <laughs> very used. To four months of me never turning sports on the TV because I just didn't have the option. And now that I can watch baseball 24 hours a day, she's in hell. <laughs> she's yeah. kind of rooting for it to go back away. <laughs> That's why you got to be like me and not have a girlfriend. That's my strategy. <laughs> it's, it's a valiant one. It's, it's, I mean, I, it's, I totally would. I just, you know, I just want to watch my sports. Yeah, exactly. 100% yeah. the only... <laughs> I'm not an incel. I'm a vol cell. Voluntary <laughs> celibate, not involuntary. You're a, you're a vol bell rel cell. Voluntary baseball-related celibate. There you go. <laughs> That's it. I don't spend my time... I don't spend my time on Tinder or Bumble. I'm swiping through baseballreference.com. Bro, I don't... I, People going on the apps right now, it's just like, hey, do you want to meet up in like a year and a half when shit is like normal? It's like, what the fuck are people even doing? Yeah, no, there were a couple of girls I was talking to in like the beginning of the quarantine and we were like about to meet up. There was one girl who wanted to meet up after everything shut down. She said, it's just the flu. It's no big deal. And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> we haven't talked since. I don't. She might have died. I don't know. <laughs> Oh man, that's fine. I love that. That's fucking yeah. hilarious. But yeah, then other girls I would like match with. We'd talk for two weeks, and then I'd be like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like text them, be like, Hey, do you think Albert Bell should be in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> but oh, imagine actually, she, so imagine she was just like, Yes, you'd have to like Amazon her an engagement ring right away. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, I guess uh, we can. Uh, 
So I uh, was the last several weeks during quarantine. I was uh, doing the uh, Hall of Fame case for each one. I did one more this week, and next week's gonna be the last one I do now that baseball is actually back. But I think we can end this week's episode with uh, I called him the biggest Hall of Fame snub of my lifetime, Fred McGriff, the crime dog. <laughs> All-time great name. Just because his last name sounds close to McGruff, Chris Berman called him the crime dog at one point. That's awesome. Uh, But, yeah, it's just – he's not even necessarily, I would say, the best player not in the Hall of Fame. It's just one of, in my lifetime, the most obvious cases of somebody who is a Hall of Famer that isn't in. And the main thing, he has 493 home runs. If he had hit seven more, no one would debate whether he's a Hall of Famer or not, and that seems ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, also, that, that, that's like yeah. one rain out per season away from being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and not just that, he played during the 94 strike, and he would have had 500 home runs if not for the player strike. Uh, that's brutal. So, yeah, and and also then the commissioner, who is the reason why, well, not necessarily he's the only reason, but the commissioner who presided over MLB when there was a player strike is in the Hall of Fame, but a guy who got fucked out of 500 home runs because of the strike doesn't get in. Yeah, that, I, no arguments from me. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's and brutal. You, and if you look at McGriff's career numbers, he matches up fairly evenly with, like, Willie Stargell, Willie McCovey, um... Other guys who are in the Hall of Fame, there's some that he's even better than, um, but it's, uh, I don't know, it's wild to me. Seven more home runs he gets in. One big thing, um, Eddie Murray also, Eddie Murray has 504 home runs, and McGriff's got, like, better OPS on base, so it's like, literally, well, also, Eddie Murray did play during those strike years, too, so he might have had more homers, too, but overall, their numbers, they're similar players. One big thing... Guys like Eddie Murray, Willie Stargell, and Willie McCovey all played for one team their whole career. So it's like Pirates legend, Dodgers legend, Orioles legend. Fred McGriff played for like six different teams, and not all of them were big market teams. He played for um, the uh, – he came up with the Blue Jays, played for the yep. Padres. Um, he was on the Tampa Bay Devil Rays when they were still the Devil Rays, like before they had ever had a good year. But – he hit five. Uh, he hit thirty home runs for five different teams. That's... Which the only other the only other player to do that is Gary Sheffield, who I also think kind of gets shafted for the same reason. They weren't like a legend with one team. I've heard people say even if Gary Sheffield didn't have the steroids, then they wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame. And I think that's because he never was like a consistent legend with one team. Huh? What was his final numbers though? Did did Gary hit? He was like four hundred and some home no, runs. He never Sheffield's got. 500. got five hundred. He's got five hundred. That's yeah. crazy because that that used to be like an automatic entry into the hall. Three hundred yeah. wins, five hundred home runs, uh, three thousand hits. Like if you got that, you were in. Like that's in the er- yeah in the early two thousands when people started saying like they don't see Ra- Rafael Palmeiro. I think was the first one where I heard writers saying he's not this like godlike player, but he has three thousand hits and five hundred homers. So there were some people saying that maybe Palmero's the first guy with those numbers not to get in. Um, I still think you put up numbers like that, that means there's something like Craig Biggio has 3,000 hits. But I don't think there was ever necessarily a point in his career where Craig Biggio came out to the plate and you were like, this is a Hall of Fame batter right now. This is a Hall of Fame player we got to watch out for. Um, but that's not necessarily what makes a Hall of Famer because there's guys in the Hall of Fame who also have that about Phil Rizzuto is a Hall of Fame player. 
Um, Bill Mazurowski is a Hall of Fame player. There's got Ozzy Smith is a Hall. Well, Ozzy Smith's a bad example because you knew Ozzy Smith when you saw Ozzy Smith. You felt that's a Hall of Famer. Um, there's guys you look back on and then you're like, oh yeah, I didn't realize how good they were when I was watching them. I think yeah. that exists. And then there's the opposite of that. Like Craig Brigio, sh- like being having longevity should be a huge factor into it because you see guys like Chris Davis who set the world on fire for two years and then like just waste money for five more. Yeah. Or like, so, a, I'm really wondering how Joey Gallo is gonna get looked at in two three years. Like, yeah, we'll see if they actually keep it up. Here's what's interesting about that. In, like, the 1940s, when they first started doing the Hall of Fame vote, there's, like, one year where they end up a whole bunch of people from the 1800s. There's, like, more players. I think I said this either last week or the week before. Uh, overall, there's uh, more players who've been inducted. 65% of the Hall of Fame was born before or started their playing career. Or not born before. Started their playing career before 1950. Um, that's very uneven. Um, so guys, like in the 1940s, they did a whole class of guys who played in the 1800s. A lot of those guys had two or three good years, won a couple championships, um, did not, like, their impact on the game is as much as a Roger Maris, a Dwight Gooden, a Dale Murphy, guys who now we look at as, we're not good for long enough. But there's guys who were great for a couple years that are in already. Mm. I mean, we've been talking about the Hall of Fame, so my feelings on the Hall of Fame are so... uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm generally more like... Yeah, I'm generally a big Hall guy where I'd like there to be more people in there. um, Because I don't think people like it needs to be special, it needs to be fewer people. As time goes on, more people are just going to be inducted. And as time has gone on, we've inducted less people for our generations... As generations have gone on, less people have gotten in than past generations. So you just can't you can't cut it off at a certain point. At a certain point, there's going to be a thousand people in the Hall of Fame. It can't be two hundred forever. Yeah, time's just going to go I, on. Yeah, unless you're going to start like kicking people out. Like, oh, it t- turns out you're like not that as good as we thought. Like, we don't want yeah. this many people in there, and then that would be like a huge controversy in itself. Yeah. Um, but back to specifically Fred McGriff, he um, played for so many different teams. But one of the big market or the biggest market he played for, it's not necessarily a huge market, the Atlanta Braves. He gets traded to the Braves, uh, I think it was the strike year or the year before he gets there. They were the team of the 90s, but they hadn't won a World Series yet. They won once they got Fred McGriff in the middle of that lineup because they had Maddox, they had Sh- uh, Smoltz, and they had Glavin. But they needed the big bat in the middle of the lineup. Fred McGriff was that bat. They won the 95 World Series. The one World Series the team in the 90s won, they might, probably would not have if not for Fred McGrath. That's a, that, I think out of all the arguments, that's got to be the best one because everybody remembers that rotation. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that rotation would not probably wouldn't have a World Series ring if they had not gotten Fred McGriff. Chipper Jones is on the team, too. It's not like they didn't have any other good hitters. But they had been in the World Series and lost a couple times already in the 90s. It wasn't until McGriff got there. And McGriff... Also, who knows if the Tampa Bay Devil Rays work as a franchise if they didn't have a veteran and a person who was a recognized star in the league to start their franchise off with. The Diamondbacks won the World Series a couple years in. The Rays were awful for 10 years. Yeah, yeah, 08's the first. Uh, we brought it up earlier. 08, 08 was their first time making the World Series. Yeah. No, yeah, that's a fantastic point. It really, really, yeah. that, that, that's a great case for him. And yeah. everybody remembers Chipper Jones. Uh, what... Chipper Jones has been broadcasting a couple yes. of these brand new games. I will say, yeah, games. we can tell the 
did you see the uh, opening day when it was uh, the, Trevor Jones was broadcasting for the Mets game? Mets Braves. What a troll on the Mets! How do you put the guy they hate the most to broadcast their opening day? That's so mean. Mm-hmm. Not just that. <laughs> did you see what he did? Oh yeah, I think I texted you. He put a cardboard cutout of him and his son in the fucking stadium. You get to pay, yeah, you get to pay to have a cardboard cutout of yourself at City Field, and Chipper Jones paid for it, put his face there, and then they brought on Mike Piazza at one point uh, during the game, and immediately they're like, "What's up, Mike?" Uh, it's Chipper Jones, the other guy. You know, Mike Piazza goes, "Hey, what's up, Larry? How are you doing?" <laughs> it's a classic. It's a classic rivalry, but also like. Chipper Jones is, like, kind of lucky. Like, if, if I was Mike Piazza, I maybe would have uh, I would have taken a harder shot. Like, uh, Mike Piazza put his fake kid in center field, and it's like, I would have been like, oh, you love fake kids, huh, you Sandy Hooth, Silk Hook truther, you fucking bitch. <laughs> Chipper Jones is a Sandy Hook truther and still gets to fucking broadcast games. So, like, I would have called I mean, I I hated him growing up because he was always killing the Yankees in the World Series, but I'm kind of starting to come around on him now. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's just amazing to me how he could, like, could have tweeted, like, those kids are crisis actors so many times and, like, nobody fucking cares. Nobody was listening to him. Like, which I don't care that much either. I just think it's funny how sometimes, like, you could say some crazy shit and the whole world cares, or you could say some crazy shit and nobody cares. Yeah. Now, I I wish I could have been a fly on the wall for when Chipper Jones and John Rocker were just hanging out in the clubhouse talking about stuff. My God, yeah, that could have that could have been crazy. I also wanted to bring up before we like wrap up, we haven't talked about football once. There was some interesting football ish baseball news today. Did you see what happened I'm in Kansas? Not sure what you're referring to. Patrick Mahomes joined the ownership group of the Royals. Yes, I did see that. Patrick Mahomes, his dad was a uh, baseball player. I don't know if he played with Kansas City, but I think he did. And Patrick Mahomes grew up and plays in Kansas City now and played baseball when he was in high school. And, yeah, he got this new, like, what, 10-year, whatever, million-dollar contract. And he's like, no, I'm going to become an o- part owner of the Royals. That's just – that's a baller move. Absolutely. I I was just sort of thinking, like, I think he's in the middle of our ages. Can you just, like, imagine being part owner of a fucking football team, like, right now? Yeah. <laughs> like, that, like, that's absolutely crazy. And I also, um, I, Mahomes, him, Trout, Mookie, like, I would love to see a round table with, like, five guys who just signed those life-changing contracts and just just hear how it feels for them like how they relate to each mm-hmm. other how their lives before that led up to it like Mahomes probably I don't want to say he expected it his whole life but I don't think it's as big a surprise to him as maybe it was for other people his father was a professional athlete he grew up around professional athletes he grew up in the clubhouses of major league baseball teams like is that different from someone who like Mariana Rivera, who was making gloves out of cardboard in Panama and then becomes a fucking Yeah, I'd be curious to see that. There's a few roundtables. I'd like to see one with, like, the Mike Trapp, Mookie Betts, Patrick Mahomes. I'd also like to see one of, um, like, Dave Parker was the first, like, million-dollar player. Dave Winfield, first $10 million player. Alex Rodriguez, first 250 Like, a roundtable of four or five guys who all were, like, that top guy. Johnny Bench, I saw an interview with him recently, said he made $2.2 million his entire career. Crazy. He probably made – have you seen the commercial that's been playing between, like, many of the baseball games with him recently? 
Yeah, I think so. I think I know. Where he's like, he's like proving that he can still hold five balls in one hand. He probably made more from that ad than he did in his entire playing career. Yeah. I also want to see um, a roundtable of like guys who signed big contracts they didn't live up to. Uh, for Zito. Inter- not even necessarily reasons <laughs> that they like were bad themselves. Like in Troy Tulowitzki, huge contract got hurt. Not on him. Like it happens. Uh, the Albert Pujols one could be interesting. Carl Pavano. Carl Pavano would be one. Um, not. I mean, Carl Pavano. How long was it? Was this like a huge? His, his wasn't one? super long, but he 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 made he made like eight figures of money for doing nothing. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not even talking. I'm talking about like Tulowitzki was like a seven, eight year. I mean, like a long, like record style, hundred million dollar. Not the like Javier Vasquez signing with the Yankees, AJ Burnett with the Yankees. I mean, like it Ellsbury? was huge, huh? Ellsbury. Ellsbury could be one. Yeah, Ellsbury. I would. Say. Ellsbury, Tulowitzki, um, Kevin Brown was like mm-hmm. the first uh, hundred million. Talked about him last week. Yeah. A Rod, huh? Yeah, we talked about him a bunch last week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I think we can wrap up. I'll give it a little teaser because I did uh, when I was doing the Hall of Fame things. I had a few ideas for people I wanted to do, and the one I wanted to end on when baseball came out, I'm going to do next week. My favorite baseball player of all time, Thurman Munson. I think there's a legit case for him being in the Hall of Fame, and uh, we'll I think get it's into that absurd next that he's not. Wait, hold. I I would have assumed he was. Now I'm no. like shocked that he's not. I all right. I'm excited for this next week. I also <laughs> just want to point out that uh, us. Two huge Yankee fans hadn't said the words Garrett Cole until right now. Garrett Cole's a Yankee, and Garrett Cole kicks ass, and he's about to fucking Garrett fuck up Cole the Orioles looked good. I mean, I gotta say, his delivery—he it looks violent. He's he's I I could not be more. Sports fans were all whores, including me. I talked yeah. wild shit about Garrett Cole his entire career, straight yeah. up until he signed that contract, and now I'm like, fuck it, Garrett Cole. I yeah. don't give a fuck. <laughs> Oh, I was texting with a friend uh, this week who was talking about some old game of, like, a team he was rooting for and, like, the opposing team bunted to try and break up a no-hitter. And I just went off on, like, I fucking love bunting. It's a part of the game. You butt – if they shift on you, bunt down there. I love when Bryce Harper did it. Absolutely. <laughs> if you yeah. think it's cheap to bunt, learn how to play the game. He said, how would you feel if someone broke up a perfect game that David Wells or David Cohn was throwing with a bunt? I would say bunts are cheap and it's a bitch move and fuck you for trying it. <laughs> Sports fans are the best. <laughs> We're predictable. Thank you guys for listening. On if that. nothing else, we'll uh, see you next week with more live sports. I think basketball, NHL will be back. Awesome. Holy I'm crap. Excited. Basketball and hockey. I can't wait for the Nets to get eliminated. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> Bye.